that amazing? Yeah. That's my eldest girl, Jilly, and I'm just so proud of her. So wonderful. <laughs> and who whistled? I hope it was you, Andrew. <laughs> she's beautiful. And, of course, now we have a little granddaughter, Joey. She arrived. She's amazing and she's beautiful and we just just love everything that God has done in our lives. And all my girls are like that. All four girls are like that. And Joey's going to be like that as well. Amen. And we do that because we raise these children, we live this life because the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit enables us to do that. It isn't that we set our mind to live like, Julie just didn't set her mind to do that. God spoke with her. And when God spoke with her, he empowered her to make those life decisions and he empowered her to walk in them. And then he set up things for her. And the Holy Spirit knows the plans that God has for us and he will just unfold and uncover those plans and your life will be amazing as you submit your life to the Holy Spirit. We've been talking the last few weeks about the Holy Spirit and the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. We talked about being clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And tonight I want to talk to you about when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, then God begins, begins to unravel you and unravel the gifts, the dreams, and the visions that God has placed inside your heart. Let's just do a recap of some scriptures we've looked at. Just have a look in Acts for a minute. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Next one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then the next scripture. These men, so they got filled with the Holy Spirit, these people, and they're just like staggering around, like just empowered by God. And Phil spoke about this this morning. Put that one back up. These men are not drunk. Next one. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet John. Pastor Phil spoke about this this morning. This was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy when the Holy Spirit was poured out. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. It's so powerful to know that inside of every human being, there are visions, there are dreams, and there is prophecy. Prophecy is when God comes and speaks to you directly, either directly from himself or he speaks through another person and reveals the power and the gifts that he has for you, reveals your future, reveals your heart, reveals that he knows who you are. When you hear a word of prophecy, it should say to your heart, God knows me. God knows who I am and God knows how I feel. You know, we had a lady visiting this morning. I've never seen her before in my life. And she seemed as if she, she was a little distant. And, and I felt like she was just going to roughly shake my hand and leave the church. 
And, you know, and I, so I just chatted for a little minute and I just, then I just, the Lord showed me her heart. I said, you know, you are an incredibly compassionate person. You have poured out your life so much for other people that you are just about spent. And then just one tear started to come. See, God knew her heart. And I said, you know what, I want to pray for you that God fills you up again so you've got more to give because you are such a beautiful person. We don't need you to run dry. We need you to be filling and out of the overflowing of your cup, be giving to people. And then the tears begin to flow. And this, this beautiful heart that had just been, you know, just so wasted on other people began to be replenished because God knew someone's heart through a word of prophecy and visions and dreams came back to her and purpose was restored to her. Amen. And let's go to this scripture, Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Can we just go to verse 11 now? Verse 11 and right through to 13. Now look at this. He gave gifts to men, okay? And that means, when he says men, that means men and women, okay? So it's sort of like there's no gender here. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. Now, these gifts that we're talking about right here, these are called the leadership gifts. They're called the five-fold ministry gifts. So the first thing God wants to do is empower leadership. So that leadership then can raise the other Christians into all that God has for them. Amen? Like every school needs a teacher. Amen? Every workplace needs a boss. Every church needs leaders. Leaders that are full of the Holy Spirit and with power and who are anointed and appointed and commissioned by God to minister to you and to uncover the dreams, the visions, and the gifts that God has placed in your heart. And when you come under and near fivefold ministry, especially in the presence of a prophetic church where the presence of the Holy Spirit is here, you will find that you come alive. You'll find that something happens inside of you where the gifts of God, the visions of God begin to surface. It's like they were submerged and they were always there and you always knew that they were there. You always knew something. Something was up. Something was different about you. Something was special about you, that God has something for you. But they were like submerged in this deep sea. And as you come into this place and you come under the anointing of fivefold ministry, whether it be prophetic, whether it be the pastor, whether it be the teacher, whether it be the evangelist that is speaking, you begin to see that these gifts, these visions, these dreams, your eyes begin to open, you begin to get impassioned again for Christ. And even visions that you never thought that you would have, dreams that you never thought would happen to you, God will bring them up because he says that I will do things even beyond your imagination, beyond even what you can imagine. So he says, why has he given us these? Verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service. So God has anointed by the Holy Spirit He's gone. Jesus ascended. He sent the Holy Spirit to commission leaders so that they might impart to you so that you would be prepared for works of service. And then we go on. So that the body of Christ, that's us, all of us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. You know, you saw Julie there before. 
And, you know, when, when Andrew, her husband, first came to this church, he was 14 years old. Are you 27 now? 27. Wow. And, and he was like 14. And his parents were going to another church. And, you know, he, he kind of went to Sunday school, grew up in the church and everything like that. He came, visited our youth group, and he went home to his parents and said, I don't know what it is, but I feel God is calling me to this church. Please, mum and dad, will you bless me to go to this church? This is where I need to be. Now, at 14 years old, he didn't understand why he needed to be here. He didn't know the future and the hope that God had for him in this place. He just knew he had to be here. And as he came and he put his life, and I'm, I'm talking about many people in this church right now who have done this. He came and he put his life under mine and Phil's anointing and under the other leadership in this church. There came an uncovering of the life and the gifts that God had in his life. And he just hung in the background a little bit, Andrew, and, and just hung there. And, you know, even sometimes I thought, I don't know what's going to come of this guy. There's so much in him, but I don't know where it is and where it's going to come out or whatever, you know. And I'm sure that when he joined this church, he never dreamed that he was going to marry the most beautiful girl in the world and, um, you know, being my daughter. And, and that, you know, that his life would be what it is right now. But then one day, something amazing happened. And he was, he was just, he was in this place in God. And it was like God just gave him this vision and he saw 1,000 youth. He saw them. Now at that stage, he wasn't leading the youth group. He wasn't doing it. Just, he saw it and God opened his eyes to see the vision that God has for his life. So he came to us. See, the fivefold ministry gifts over his life, he came to us and said, this is what I've seen. And we were able to then agree with that, impart to that, put it into place. The other leadership in the church got around that and said, let's make this happen. Let, as a team, we work together to make it work. And now we have one of the most influential youth groups on the Central Coast powering on for God because one man said, I will submit myself under these people and I will see if God will surface the gifts in my life. Marries my daughter, has the most gorgeous baby in the world. And tonight, Andrew, I saw you go to another level. And God will continue to do that because his heart and the heart of all our team and all our people are submitted underneath us. Now, I want to just quickly take you through an Old Testament story that will just give you an idea of what I'm talking about in the New Testament. Is that okay? So we're just going to go right now. Um, to 2 Kings 6.1. And let's just have a look at this Old Testament story. And then I'm going to pull out some New Testament analogies out of this story to try and show you what I'm trying to say here. 2 Kings 6.1. And I was just reading this and the Lord just began to unravel revelation out of this story for me and for you. Amen. And so the company of prophets. Now you've got to understand, let me explain this first. We're talking about Elisha here. Elisha is a prophet. So we're talking about an Old Testament prophet, but in the New Testament, we would have a prophetic gift or a gift of a prophet or a fivefold ministry prophet. So Elisha is a prophet. He's a man of God that's been chosen by God to carry an incredible, particular anointing. And then God assigned a company of prophets under him that he would train up, they would follow him, they would serve him. They just hang around him because they just want to be part of this anointing. He used to be part of the company of prophets under Elijah. 
And Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in the word of God. And Elisha said, I want to be under you, Elijah. I want to go where you go. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want to wash your feet. I want to hang around you because I just love the gift of God on your life. And I can see if I hang around you that I'm not just, I'm going to climb some corporate ladder. You understand what I'm saying here? It's not just so I'm just going to suck up to you so I can climb a corporate ladder. It's not what it's about. This, I'm going to hang around you because what you've got, I want you to impart into my life and I want to be a son or a daughter that is raised up under your ministry. And so Elijah eventually, after he'd done these incredible things that Elisha saw, was taken up into heaven by these chariots. Elisha was there. He saw it and, and the cloak fell off Elijah fell onto Elisha and Elisha received a double portion anointing because he submitted his life unto this man and gave his life to him. Now, now he's the prophet. He's the prophet with a double portion anointing. Now he's got this company of prophets that he's training up. Got it? Get it? Good. And so it says here, the company of prophets said to Elijah, look, the place where we meet is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each one of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to live. And he said, go. And then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried, it was borrowed. And the man of God asked, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. And the man reached out his hand and he took it. Let me just say in this analogy that I'm using tonight that the iron axe head represents the gifts, the dreams, and the visions that are in your life that are fallen, that are submerged. And the gift of God, I believe, can resurface or surface for the first time those dreams, those gifts, and those visions. But there were certain things that needed to be in place for this to happen. Amen? The very first thing they said was, this place is too small. And you know what? For you to grow in God, for you to, to reach out and see the dreams and visions and everything that God has for you, you've got to come to a place of dissatisfaction. I've got written here, a hunger for more will always result in results. And satisfaction results in stagnation. And you know what? When there comes a hunger and said, this place is too small for us. I know that Andrew and the youth team, a lot of the guys this year are feeling the same way that I am. I'm feeling the same way. This place is too small. This place that we're living in God, not this building, this place that we're living in God is too small. Let us go and build a bigger place. Let us go and make this place a bigger place so that you can feel more of me, God. Let me make it bigger. Let me make inside of me bigger. So God, you can fill me more because you are so big and there is so much yet I have to experience of you and know of you. This place is too small. Number two, so the first place, thing they said was this place is too small. And number two, it says honoring the gift in others. 
they said to Elisha, won't you please come with us? You know, they didn't just say, look, this place is too small for me. I reckon I can do this gig on my own now. You know, I think I've got this down. I've watched Elisha a bit. He's pretty cool, but I reckon I've got that thing going on. I've got the anointing going on. I reckon I can just go out of here. I can build a bigger thing than Elisha has, and then people are going to come and see me instead of Elisha. I just get into a bit of competition with him, and, you know, you know, you know I, I just think I've got it on. They didn't say that. They said, Elisha, will you please come with us? They were basically saying, will you come with us? Will you cover us? Will you teach us? Will you protect us? Will you guide us? Will you lead us? And the third thing is this, having the heart of one who seeks to serve. Amen? Because they said this, will you come with us, your servants? You know, Jesus came as the servant king. He came as one from the right hand of the Father. And he came and he showed us an example of what it is to serve, what it is to lay down your life for another. And he showed this beautifully with his disciples when he was about to die and they're in a room together and he gets out a bowl of water and he begins to wash their feet. He's saying, Master, don't wash our feet. We should be washing your feet. But he was trying to show them Don't you understand? This is who I want you to be. I want all of you to be servants. You know, we're in this so that we can serve humanity. You know, none of us are better than anybody else. Some of us have five-fold ministry gifts that can impart to you, but that doesn't make us better. That makes us double-portion servants. That makes us feet washers. We are here to wash your feet so that you might rise up as servants of Jesus Christ and do all that he has for you in the earth. Does that make sense to you? The scriptures say, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For the least will become the greatest, the first will be last, the last will be first. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Number four, get under leaders that are anointed and willing. You know, it grieves my heart. It grieves my heart when I see incredibly gifted, anointed, beautiful people that are, that are stagnant because there are not leaders that are big enough to let people be big. Amen. You've got to have people in your life, over your life, covering your life, five-fold ministry gifted people that will look at you and say, you know what, I want you to be better than me. Not just that, oh, you can do things that I could never do. There are gifts in your life that I have not got. And I want to see you flourish in your life. And in fact, I'll sit back and I'll take a back seat and watch you flourish because I want to see. See, they said to Elisha, will you come with us? And Elisha said, I will. I will. I will come. I will cover you. I would love to see the gifts of God flow from your life. I'd love to see you become all that God has for you. This is the gift and the heart of a true leader. A true leader wants to see the people of God come to maturity, doing the work of the ministry, being released, not tied down, being set free, not brought into captivity, not being in competition with them or jealous. You know, some leaders are even jealous of their own people. 
You know, they want to hold them down because they make them feel insecure. And the whole tall poppy Australian thing goes on in the church as well. But in this church here, what we want to say is grow. I'm going to water you. And if you grow taller than me, I will sit under your shade. Amen. And I will love it. And I will be rejoicing in God forever and ever and ever and ever. Because I just, that's what we want to see. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit-filled church, a church where there's leaders that love the Holy Spirit and love God, you will flourish. Amen. And um, number five, the iron axe head, I was speaking before, is the gift of God or the dream. Now, let's just read this again. And so they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he said, it was borrowed. Do you know there are many people who feel and they they sense the gift of God in their lives, okay? They sense something. I know when I was a little girl... And growing up, I mean, I wasn't even a Christian. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I always could see people. I always knew what people were feeling. I always would cry for people in my room. I always knew when people were hurting. I'd walk down the street and it was almost like I could hear what they were thinking inside their hearts. And I'd want to go and fix them up. And I I just, it was like I had this prophetic gift inside of me from when I was a little girl. But I needed someone to uncover that and show me what that was. Amen. And it's like, and some people have that, this sense of a gift, this sense of a dream, this sense of a vision, this sense of a purpose that they have on this earth to do. And then they begin to use it, right? The dream in the heart, they begin to try it out like a little bird trying its wings for the first time, trying this gift of God out. And then what happens? It falls into the water. You know, the axe head falls off, it falls into the water. And it's, it's like... You know, it's like, you know, they fail, they tried, they fail, you know. They tried to give a word of encouragement to someone and it turned out that the person was really rude and said, what, get lost? Or, you know, maybe they tried to save somebody. They thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to go out and save people and no one got saved. Maybe they thought, I have the gift of healing. They laid hands on people. No one got healed. <laughs> and You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? They got the gift to sing and worship and they pick up the microphone and their voice is flat and somebody said, Jesus sing flat. And, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's so, it's so embarrassing and it's so hard. And the worst thing is when you go to use a gift and you get misunderstood. You know, I know many prophetic people get misunderstood. And they go to use the gift of God and everyone thinks that the prophetic, you know, everyone else can learn how to do stuff, but prophetic people have to be perfect practically perfect like Mary Poppins in every way and they can't make mistakes and I think that's a bunch of rubbish you know a little child when it's learning to walk doesn't run straight away it falls over and we need leaders that are willing to let people make mistakes amen willing that the people that make mistakes and we pick them back up and say okay so what have another go do you know what I mean let's do that because what happens is when you try to use the gift and it doesn't quite work or you get criticized or you get pushed down or you get embarrassed what happens is suddenly you begin this mind thing oh no it must have been just borrowed you know when the axe head fell into the water he goes oh no it wasn't even mine it was borrowed 
And, you, you know, the enemy starts to come into your head and say, I don't know what you're trying to do. You know, that was all in your head. I don't know what you think you're doing. You do get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues for the first time. And inside your head, he goes, you're just making that up. You know, you just borrowed that. That's not really yours. You know, you just borrowed that. Anybody ever had that? Anybody ever tried to do something for God and it just fell over and you just go, oh, you were just faking it. Like you just, you just think you're good, but you're not, you're nobody, you're nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? You just borrowed that. And no, 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 no. <laughs> so the man of God comes up to this man and he doesn't rebuke him for dropping the axe head, right? He doesn't come and say, you stupid prophet, training prophet, whoever you are. You dropped the axe head and now you've spoiled everything we were going to do. And now we can't build this bigger place that we want to live in. No, he said to him this. He says, where did it fall? And I think that there are times when leaders can actually see, you know, when you make a mistake. They can actually see when you trip over. God shows us things. God shows Andrew things about young people and he grieves for them and he knows, you know, like Facebook helps with that too. I love it. Join me on Facebook so I can check you out and see what you're getting up to. But listen, he laughed because that was someone getting up to sleep. Anyway, um, what was I saying? You know, when you, when you, a leader, a leader can see your life because God allows them to see things at certain times. But you know that it's so beautiful when you just come openly and transparently into the house of God, into the presence of God with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with the Father, and even with your leaders and just say, you know what? It fell over there. You know, where did it fall? What happened? Who cut in on you? What happened to you? You were running a good race, Paul says. Who cut in on you? And you say, oh, you know, I was running a good race, and then da-da-da-da. And say, come on, let's pray for you. Let's go find that axe head. Let's find this gift again. Let's get it out of the water. Let's raise up. So much of the church, you know, is in pretense and pretending. We don't have to pretend with each other, folks. You know, we are all of us. I wrote on my Facebook, yet. we are all of us imperfect. We are all trying. We're all having a go. We all make mistakes. And if we can be transparent with God, with the Holy Spirit, we come to the altar. What, what would you like me to pray for you for? You know, I just, I've, I've been trying. I've been really trying to walk with God, but, you know, I tripped up again. Or, you know, I, I just, I tried to pray last week and I didn't pray enough and I'm dry as an old bone. Why can't we just be honest with one another? like that and be transparent when the man of God or the woman of God says where did it fall you know you can, you can, you can just say yeah it just fell right there and you know what when you're open and transparent that, like that you open the door for the man or the woman of God to find that thing and resurrect it because look what happens here Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. You see, when you think about sticks in the word of God, they represent oftentimes authority. You know, Moses had the rod of Moses. It was just a stick, folks. But it had an anointing on it that was given by God to an ordinary man. An ordinary man. But God touched him. God gave him a gift to lead his people and he put a stick in his hand and he empowered that stick. 
And when they were at the Red Sea and there was nowhere they could go and they were edged in and the armies were coming after them, Moses lifted the rod and put it to the waters and the waters parted and the people could pass through. Those people could not have parted those waters themselves. It was given by a gift of leadership to stand in authority for people and see the waters part so that people may go through. You know, when we speak about the prophetic gift, it says, prepare the way for the people. Prepare a way for the people. Remove the boulders, remove the stones. Prepare a way for the people. And when you've got leadership and people in this church over your lives, no matter what, what, what ministry you're in, whether it's in the kids' church, with Jamie praying for the children, whether it's Andrew and Jilly praying for the youth, whether it's Garth and Luke and Candace and Jilly, you know, they're just mentoring young people. What department it is, if you've got people there that are praying for you, it will go well for you. If they've got the rod of God and they point it to those waters and part those waters for you, you best believe that you will get a breakthrough, that you would not have God on your own. Does that make sense? to you these are just some little things God showed me in this scripture the anointing breaks the yoke you know when we say you know, come, come come to the altar and let us lay hands on you it isn't just so like we can do some sort of Holy Spirit show and so that you can be entertained if people fall over or get filled with power or get touched by God or get healed so you can all sit back and go, that was nice. No, the reason we're, we're crying out, come to the altar of God, open your hearts up, be touched by God because we know that we carry an authority of God that will get the breakthrough for you and we want the breakthrough for you because we love you. We want the best for you. You who are parents know how to give good gifts to your children. You know, if your child came to you and asked you for something, would you lift up your rod and hit that child or would you lift up your rod and part the way for your child to, 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 to succeed and to have what they need in life? And, and, you know, the Apostle Paul, he called himself a father. He said there are many leaders in the church, but there's not many fathers. And I want to say this too, there's not many mothers there's not many fathers and mothers, especially in this young nation of Australia where we're still developing the gifts of the church, amen. But when you come and you say on this altar, you know, please, will you join your anointing that God has given you with my faith and help me get a breakthrough? Can you lay your hands on me and empower me and impart to me all that God has would you be used as a vessel of honor and glory to bring God's presence into my life and take me to greater realms of the Spirit of God in my life? Would you pray for me so that God would emotionally bring healing to my heart, to my life? Would you pray for me that my body would be healed? And when you come and you submit your life under that anointing, the Scriptures say it's not us, it's not the leadership, it's not the people, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. You know, Aaron and, and, and Miriam, you know, they're looking at Moses and, and they began to look at Moses. You know, Miriam was his sister and his brother and they're looking at him. They're just going, oh, 
He's just a normal bloke like us. And in fact, I've seen him make some mistakes. And so they go and they're complaining to God. Have you seen Moses? You know, he's just a man like us and he makes mistakes. And God rebuked them. Touch not my anointed one, God said to him. Touch not my anointed, whom I have put in place, I have put in place. Touch not my anointed one. And of course, Miriam got leprosy and, you know, Moses had to plead for her and she got put outside the camp and she was really punished by God for judging leadership and for not coming and seeing the heart of a leader. It's not about the man or the woman, okay? It's not about Andrew Flaxman, Mr. Surfy guy, who's just a human being who's got a baby and a wife and eats, you know, fruity bits for breakfast. No, God chose him. God chose him. God chose Jilly to lead. God chose Gar. God chose Luke. God chose Candace. God did that. But they, it says in the scriptures, many are called, but few are chosen. Why would God say that? We're all chosen, aren't we? No, the right translation of that scripture is many are called, but few make themselves choosable. How do you make yourself choosable? You become humble. You come and you, and you come into the house of God with a heart of a servant. And you serve. I mean, James, you know, you just think James, Jimmy James, just a drummer. I'm telling you, this man, he's going to go so far in the kingdom of God because this man has the heart of a servant. And he has so much honor for the leadership in this church. It nearly makes me cry sometimes how he treats me as the mother of this house. And I just love that. And, and other guys too, and Jason, the way he looks after me. And I love that stuff. And I just, I just, I just Andrew, this beautiful, and guys, it's beautiful, the young people that you're raising, because what you have in your hearts, you're imparting to them. It's so beautiful. And I just love it. Like Katrina, you know, you, don't, you just don't get a better secretary than someone who's willing to wash your feet and cover your weaknesses and cover your nakedness. You know what I'm saying? You see, the anointing breaks the yoke. When someone with authority from God uses it on your behalf, things that are lost will be restored. Dreams, finances, relationships, joy, peace, vision, hope, and gifts. You know, I know that Neil, one of the Australia's foremost artists, you know, we're just so honoured to have him as our friend and in this church. But you know what? You know, there's times when people go through stuff and they need an authority that's greater than what they've had before. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes the authority of your life and the covering of your life is like good for that season, but then you need something when you go through something greater and larger and God wants to enlarge you. And, you know, and, and Phil Pringle took a special interest in Neil. He, God began to speak to Phil Pringle about Neil. Neil's on the Central Coast. Phil Pringle's in Sydney. And God speaks to Phil Pringle and said, Neil Joseph, I want, you to, I want you to cover him. I want you to take a hold of this man. I want you to love him. And I want you to restore everything that was lost and raise him up. And Phil Pringle personally has lunch with him, personally calls him, and he has become an apostolic gift over, over, over a life. And Neil, you would admit, uh, you're flourishing. Absolutely flourishing. Because a man of God said, 
I will cover you. The man of God said, I will. And Neil said, I'm a servant. Do you know what I'm saying? And the very last thing that Elisha said, the axe head floats to the surface and Elisha is standing there and Elisha says, lift it out. Lift it out. And you know what? You can receive prophecy. You can receive laying on of hands. You can have encouragement. You can have good counsel. You can have good advice. To make your dreams and gifts float to the surface. But you know what? They'll just sink again if you don't reach in and take it. You see, it's not up to the leader to live it for you, to walk it for you, to make it happen. It's up to the leader to make it surface. And then it's up to you to lift it out. Amen. The man reached out his hand, the scripture said, and he took it. If you believe without faith, you will receive nothing. Amen. If you just say, look, pastor, can you lay hands on me? Do your best. Have your best shot. But if you came to the altar of God or to the man or woman of God with faith in your heart and said, I'm here, I come transparent, humble, I come as a servant, I believe that God has anointed you as a leader over my life, will you put your hand on me and I believe by faith that I will get a breakthrough, you will receive everything. Be prepared to make mistakes and try again. Don't be too hard on yourself when you're stepping out in your dreams and your visions. And have people around you that will encourage you and exhort you to get up and go again. You know, I know Bryce with his photography. You know, when, when he came into this church, you know, he was, he was not saved. And we've been praying for him for 12 years. 12 years and I know that a lot of the young people Luke and Candace and Andrew and others were praying for him 12 years and when he came and gave his heart to the Lord in this church we began to encourage him Phil began to encourage him like a father Bryce is such a gift in your life man you're a great photographer you're going to be one of the greatest photographers in this nation rise up man walk in it you know something just happens and you know Bryce will take a few shots and they're going to be bummers but you know what he's going to rise up and he's going to try again because somebody's behind him saying I am the wind beneath your wings fly fly you can do it I know you can do it you've crashed once get up and go again and God will be with you next thing is take small steps and don't try to run straight away when we first started this church we, you know, we were just full of zeal, full of enthusiasm. We were going to conquer the world. We were going to save the world. We were going to bring revival. Jesus was going to come back and we are all going to go home. And so we went to this, this, this meeting where they had prophetic ministry and apostolic ministry, fivefold ministry, speaking just over pastors' lives. No, they called it, um, what do they call it? Presbytery, yeah. And they would just call people out and sit you on two seats and they would just go to town on you. It was really scary, you know. And we were just like new to the ministry and we're thinking, I hope they don't pick us. Anyway, they did pick us and they sat us down. And one of the things I always remember that they said to us, don't run, just walk. 
Because if you run, you're going to fall over. Wait until you get your legs before you run. Otherwise, you won't finish the race and you'll run out of steam before the end. And I always remember that, eh, Phil? And we'd be going, 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 going hard and I'd hear that voice go, don't run. Oops, okay. Take it easy. Just walk. Take small steps, Julie. We won't save the whole world today. It's all right. And the other thing is this, speak it into being. You know, begin to confess. Begin to believe. You know, when we lay hands on you, when we pray for you, when we, we de- prophesy over you and declare a gift, then speak it into being. I will and I shall. And it will happen. And I'm going to do it. Walk in obedience and purity of heart. God will not anoint sin. Amen. He can't. Walk in obedience and purity of heart. If you come up here and say, you know, I'm a great evangelist, you know, and you lay hands on me and I'm going to go out and get people saved, but you have sin in your life, forget it. Because God will let you go for a little while and he'll ask you to repent in private and then he'll expose you publicly. Please, stay pure in your heart with the gifts of God. Be gentle and kind and loving to people and pure of heart like Jesus was and be a good example of who he was. And when God begins to use you and the, and the pastors begin to recognize the gifts on your life and they begin to brag on you because we love to brag. We love to brag. We just love bragging on people up here. Like this lady, Michelle. Michelle, I just think you are amazing. I'm bragging on you right now. You are an amazing woman. You have the softest, most gentlest, most beautiful heart. And you know what? And, you know, every time you've opened up that heart to try and love people, to try and bless people, it's been crushed. You know, and people haven't understood. They've even misinterpreted your, your, your feelings of wanting help as being of a wrong nature. You know what I mean? And, and I, just, I just say to you right now, Michelle, I see your heart. God sees your heart. You are an incredibly beautiful woman. Amen. And you remind me of Hannah a lot. You know, I think there's a lot of times where you cry and you think no one sees. But I'm telling you this, God sees your tears. Amen. He sees your tears and he sees your heart. And he will, he will grow you. He will grow you as long as you're around people that can see you. Amen. Amen. And so the next thing is this. I'm nearly finished. Keep a servant's heart. And next one, read the word, read books and learn. You know, if God says to you, you're going to be an entrepreneur, you know, don't just work in the fruit shop, chucking apples around and not even apply yourself to any learning or anything like that. You know, you need to apply yourself. You need to apply yourself where God speaks, you know. And the last thing is, of course, pray. Our heart here at this church, you know, Phil said it this morning, our slogan for this year is spirit power. Because we long to see the people of God filled with the Spirit of God, empowered by God and set free to prophesy, to dream dreams, to see visions and to be all that God has for them to be. Amen. And so a parting note. Don't be afraid to open your heart to us as leaders. 
little bits by little bits, trust is earned. But don't shut your heart to God. Amen. When you come to the altar of God, be open, not to us, but to God. And allow the vessel that God has anointed to impart to your life and you will see great and abundant breakthroughs in your life as God for 2010 takes you to a new place, a new day and a new anointing. Let's just stand to our feet. Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. If that word just, you know, everyone just close your eyes. If that word just spoke to your heart tonight, just, I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to lift your hand right now. I want to pray for you. That word really just spoke right to your heart. Just lift up your hand. Lord, I pray for these ones with their hands lifted right now. You see these hands, God. And I pray, God, that you would take each one of these people to greater levels as they come and honor the leadership of this church, as they come with sweet hearts, with sweet mouths, and, Lord, come in servant hearts and submission and honor you in the house of God. I pray, God, that you would touch them, that you would anoint them, and you would release all the dreams, visions, and gifts that you have placed inside their hearts in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And all the people said, Amen. Fantastic.